got a busy couple of weeks ahead uh, before Christmas, and I still haven't put on my decorations yet. So yeah, it's terrible, isn't it? Yeah. So I, you know what, I, I like putting the decorations up just because it, even though it feels a bit forced this year, I think everyone was doing it a bit earlier. But it just gets you in that zone. It just gets you in that oh, and you know, in that festive spirit. And I think just having any sort of lights in the house, I just I don't know, it just brings a little bit of joy to what may have been a bit of a strange and odd year for well there's many other words what, what's i can it use say? In that, dip but... dunk and what dip, dip dunk and oh. slurp yeah <laughs> well well you you know so you're dipping you're definitely drinking you're dip- oh see 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 uh, in, uh so joe's re- joe's referring to yeah joe's referring to my uh, channel four mug which my my kind people at Channel 4 sent me a little care package and it had like some biscuits and coffee and... Oh, well, uh, I, I thought tea. I was going a bit more uh, dirty-minded than that. Like, you know, like you just dip, you slurp and all that other stuff, but... Yeah, yeah. I mean, it does It does sound like a Lil Wayne lyric from like mid-2000s or something. <laughs> oh, what was that tune? Um, oh, what was that tune that he did? Um, uh, out of, out of bottles in the club. Lollipop. Wanna, lollipop. <laughs> Yeah. The lollipop. Yeah. So yeah, it looks like uh, Channel Four done something reminiscent. Now joking, um, but no, I was uh, appreciating that because. Uh, so are you are you feeling all right in general? You just like kind of because you said you're groggy, in it. Yeah, no, I, I think I feel all right. I think um, I went out for a, a run about uh, an hour and a half ago, and it was like proper like hands were going all kind of red, and then I was like, right, cool. I, I had to wear shorts as well because my joggies just got washed. And uh, I came back and I was cool, and then I was like, oh, I feel about, oh, and then I started cleaning up, and then I was getting a bit stressed out because I was on the phone to IT for some work stuff. And when you're on the phone to IT, yeah. it's long, it's yeah. long, man. So after a bit of tea, and I'll go for a proper shower later and get some lunch, yeah. I'll be I'll be all good. I still, but, um, I still have, yeah. the, I still made that conscious effort in um, doing my walks every day. I didn't do it yesterday, I could not be asked. Like, you know, when you do it, like, because obviously my first day, but at first week back at work, um normally my pattern is like i go to m&s and i get myself some food now normally i would have like cookies as part of that i've not done that once only apart from yesterday because i thought let me just treat myself in getting a few cookies here and there right and so now my pattern is i'll do my walks as much as possible during the week but also as well i won't have any cookies until the end of the week that's something i'm trying to push now whether that works or not, that's a different story. But so far, so good. <laughs> Foot to that. Well, no, that is the the good thing about that is is you're you're making a point. You're making a a note of it as to to cool. You got a target in place as opposed to just aimlessly doing something. So yeah. whether it you know it doesn't even matter if it if it's just thinking about the now. What you're doing is you're you got something you're you're achieving. Yeah. And um, you're treat, you're treating the cookies as a as a nice little treat. End of the week treat. Yeah. Till the end of the road, still <laughs> I can't let go. <laughs> yeah, you know, you know, like uh, before we before we get into it, but mm. I was thinking of songs that uh, I thought of one song in particular, and then I was about to sing it to myself on the train, like you know, in my head, and I was like, "Fuck, I can't sing it because in my head, or even like play it out or DJ it out because R. Kelly's in the song." Oh, it's like ones. you know that. Uh, yeah, do you know uh, that Naz song in R. Kelly? Did you ever think? I think so, yeah. Uh, uh, do, do, the fact it's you, a collab. Did you ever think? Yeah, oh, it's a, it's an absolute tune, man, but 
did you let, let me try and get the lyrics uh, for you because I'm not going to sing it because obviously it's a cancelled <laughs> song but maybe I'll get Naz, maybe maybe I'll get Naz's bit oh gosh uh, it's, it's, no, it's, it's weird man because like I, I've, uh, one of my one of my former colleagues that used to work with me yeah he does he's doing um, some um, skits and sketches on Instagram starting off doing that and he did one called uh, called um, when your friend catches you listening to R Kelly so it's, it's so it's kind of like I mean so he's got his headphones on he's you know he's vibing and blah 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 to a bit of R Kelly and then his brethren comes in and uh, he said to him, what are you listening to and then it's like that who wants to be a millionaire segment a do 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 and, <laughs> and then when he and then and, and, and then when he actually catches him he said R Kelly like literally his friend like you know smashes his headphones we do not listen to R <laughs> Kelly we do not you know what I mean so no I should check it out man I'll send you the link after it's so funny but what's his name uh, Lewis Barnett Lewis okay, Barnett, Lewis yeah, Barnett. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll check it uh, I just want to sing this chorus actually no I, sh- I shouldn't actually <laughs> Because it's R. Kelly, but I I just think it's. Let me just do it. I'm not going to sing it, but it's like, did you ever think that you would be this rich? Did you ever think that you would have these hits? Did you ever think that you would be the dawn, have a crib with a fifty acre lawn? Bro. So Bro. Yeah, yeah, big tune, man. Yeah, man. Uh, but I but I, but I think it falls under an R. Kelly song because it's R. Kelly featuring Nas. Mm. But I don't know if Nas does that part. But anyway, it's a song. That I we mean, can't okay, play I now, mean, so quick thing, it. quick thing about um, you know, before we go, speaking of cancelled, um, you know, what what's your thoughts about uh, the whole Dutch of Ellie situation? I have been chatting to some people about that, and uh, it appears that. He's been given the green light. Yeah, apparently, um, what was it? There was a recent update as to say that um, there was a statement put up from uh, the people's family saying that uh, he's, you know, he's made innocent in all of this. This is disgusting. How? It oh wow, I, d- I didn't see that. Um, yeah, it's up. It's up now. So um, I think it's either on I'm Just Bait or one of them other like uh, IG pages. But here's the thing: like recently, because of all the madness that's going on around it. I've not taken because there was a we did an interview with Duchavelli. This was back in February. This is way before lockdown and stuff. And obviously he just come out of jail and you know I mean he's got like a hit single and obviously he's been doing doing bits man. Like obviously he did that collaboration with Stormzy and Dion Wayne. And then obviously this whole grooming situation came up and it's been back and forth and um, you know people have cancelled him and blah 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 and then all these bits. So it's kind of like a back and forth situation. So for me. I then decided just to only put my video on private until I know that for sure that either he's cleared or he's not. Because to me personally at the moment, it's just all these statements that are coming out and it's just like, it makes, well, who's telling the truth really? Like, you know, people are suggesting that Duchavelli and Steph London had paid the family to make their statements to, you know, to, to keep his name intact or whatever. But then there's the opposite side saying this is disgusting now. So the latest thing is literally that uh, it could be proven that he's innocent, but who knows at the moment. So I'm I'm biased. The, I'm going to keep my bias at the minute because obviously until I know facts, like solid facts, not just social media stuff, then we'll see. But yeah, it's kind of mad right now. Yeah. Uh, I, <clears throat> you know, the BBC just ran their Sound of 2021 long list. Mm. And uh, that's basically obviously where they just talk about artists they're going to champion for for next year. They're going to do big things. Oh yeah, but I Dutch saw that. Is on that. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, I saw that. so obviously the comments are going a bit mad. So 
I don't, I don't really know what to make of it, to be honest. Obviously, I saw um, the stuff that led up to it, and um, you know, I need, I need to look into obviously what the family have said as well. But yeah, it's a, uh, <clears throat> it's, uh, it's, 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 it's an interest, it's, it's an interest, and I don't, I don't know. Because I think, I think, I think the thing is, is like, which is like, I think obviously with R. Kelly, that's that's a, that's a given because obviously the proof, the proof's in the pudding. Like it's been proven that he's done what he's done, and obviously you know we cancelled him, blah blah blah. I feel it's almost like a society thing. I remember like when we, you know, when it was first proven and, uh, you know, we cancelled and blah, blah, blah. And I felt a bit away into thinking, do I still listen to R. Kelly? Because there was a lot of famous hit tunes back in the day and I grew up on it. And do I decide now, okay, because of society cancelling R. Kelly for what it, for his actions, do I now go, okay, if I listen to R. Kelly tune, am I a bad person for doing it? Do you know the ones there? So it's the same for now. If it's, you know, say for example, Duchavelli has been proven he's done what he's done, like what's been, uh, what he's been accused of. Do I now listen to any Duchavelli stuff? Because there's a few tracks that I do like of his. So now, now do I go, do I cancel him as well? So it's like, it's, it's a madness really. It's like, we're all influenced within social media to do certain things. And it's just like, I'm trying not to do that so much and just use my own mind and my own discretion of what it is I do. But, I don't know, man. It's you know, twenty twenty. <laughs> that's that's the year in it. <laughs> that's the year. That's the yeah. There's year, all man. that. There's all that discussion that comes about about separating the the art, mm. uh, separating the art from the from the allegation or the crime or whatever it may be. Mm. I think this situation aside, because obviously it's ongoing right now. It's like once once someone has crossed over to that other side, for me, they no longer exist. Mm. And I mean R. Kelly. I, I I'm not listening to an R. Kelly song in years. Because, probably because I've never heard one in years. Also, but also I've never, you know, I've, I've, it's never crossed my mind. So that's that's where I'm on that. Uh, well, yeah. so j- just just to give everyone a bit of um, perspective and context for today's Jet My Curry episodes. So we're going to put this out uh, tonight, which is quite unusual because we record these episodes early in the week and then we put it out on a Sunday. But the news is moving very, very fast these days. It's almost picking up that same pace that we had during the summer mm. when it was BLM. And of course, we've got uh, some things to discuss on that as well. But uh, I want to start off with the situation uh, with the Sikh farmers, with the farmers in India. Uh, now, Joe, I'm, I know you might not be across... Uh, I'm only saying that because actually I, I was aware of it, but I wasn't... Uh, I never had a grasp of what was going on. I just knew there was a dispute mm. between the farmers and the government and there was some new laws that were going to be brought in. But I've got a breakdown, a very simple breakdown, which means for anyone that's listening, for yourself, for myself, we're able to just understand it on like a, a very basic level and and, and instantly empathise with, with obviously what these farmers are going through. So okay. I think it was like a couple of weeks ago where the, the government are trying to pass this bill which will essentially mean, um, so so. First, let me let me just give you the background. So, Liz, uh, so like there, there was a protest um, the, in the past couple of days in, in India, and of course, there's been in London and other cities in, in across the UK, and there's one in Glasgow coming up as well in a few days' time. But uh, the one in India was the biggest protest of all time, the biggest, the most amount of people that have ever protested. Now. Half the country's population of India, and as far as I still know, India is the most second, most populated country in the world. Half the country's population that are employed are farmers working in the agricultural industry. Right. Now, 
farmers are protected uh, in terms of if you imagine like we have we have a level of minimum wage in this country right so your workers are protected so the farmers have a similar thing called msp which is minimum support price so let's say just say minimum wage right so the, the the government pays for crops um and the they might get more money the farmers from the government or they might get the base level but they're always getting that base level no matter what right but now the government uh, modi the 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 prime minister he wants to get a bill passed well that was the talk that actually the farmer is going to meet with the government tomorrow <coughs> the head farmers mm. But um, the talk is from the government is why there's all this this fuss that's been kicked up is they want to set uh, new laws around this and create what they call a free market. Now, the free market uh, will basically put, well, will basically take away a set price for crops. So, like, um, you know, you get basmati rice or whatever. Obviously, this is all coming from the crops. Right. Right. all, all sorts, obviously, there's so much produce or whatever that's made from, from these crops. So government want to take away the free market and they want to put the farmers in the hands of corporations. So it's, it would then be up to farmers to negotiate with corporations. So like super corporations. Mm. So you imagine any big corporation in this country or in the West, that ex- maybe it's an equivalent exists out there. So instead of these farmers being able to produce these crops and then get a set price for their their stock, they are now in a position where this is what the, the if the bill was passed, they are, they'll be in a position where they will have to negotiate prices with these corporations, these supergroups, which have the power. Now the fear, the fear is that certain far, uh, farmland owners who only own like a small amount of land won't be able to compete. Because bigger landowners will be able to negotiate better prices with the corporations. Okay. And also, the way that this deal is being played out to these farmers, the way it's been sold, has been sold like, oh, this is going to benefit you, you know, you'll be able to make a lot of money from it, blah, blah, blah. But the farmers are of the realisation, which obviously, actually, to be honest, sounds quite possible, is that these corporations will monopolise the market. So let's think about the market of anything, WWE, at one point, was the like when it's when it when it took over ECW, it took over the WCW. It was the only yeah. It was the it was the it was the it was the only fish in the pond. After yeah, that. yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Yeah, I, I get it. <clears throat> and, and no one's able to compete with you. So, if these corporations can outdo the rest of the competition and get them cancelled, not cancelled, but I mean they can do away with them because obviously they buy these companies out, whatever it may be. I think I get then what you're saying. Can, now. Yeah, then they can set their prices to the farmers and the farmers will get screwed from it okay so there is no um set time as to when these changes will possibly take place but it says it, it, it could be passed in a, in a few years now the government have agreed to meet the these head farmers tomorrow mm-hmm. um so that's is that's that that's that's the most simplest terms i have it. I, I, right. I won't go in any further than that the only other thing to say is that um, you might have saw, even saw some scenes of when, like, it was the Black Lives Matters protest, and I remember I saw this uh, scene where, like, um, the heat was on, the heat was soaring, and this young black guy went up to the cops and gave them bottles of water, gave them bottles of water. So mm. in Sikhism, we're all about uh, seva, which is selfless service, you know, giving to others, making food, mm-hmm. and lunger, lunger, which actually means the food which is uh, which is produced in the t- Sikh temple. Mm. Uh, these protesters have actually been feeding 
the police and the soldiers, the soldiers that are oppressing these people, mm. because because they, they, they seek ways to kill people with kindness. No, not obviously not in the literal oh, sense. Oh, yeah, but, yeah, I understand what you mean. So it's like, you know, yeah. instead of like, you know, fighting in a negative sense, it's literally just like, okay, I guess the police and the soldiers are confused. So it's like, hold on. Like, subconsciously in their mind, they must be thinking, we're, we, you know, we're messing up these people here. But yet, they're returning, not even a favour, they're returning to us with the kind aspect. And it's like, we're confused. We're making it hard for you, but yet you're helping us out at the same time that mean you know they must they must be like they must be baffled beyond belief yeah i i think as well with the blm protest there'll be people in there that are that are thinking what i'm doing is not morally correct but i need to be in a job i need mm. to support my family mm. but these soldiers and police and they, they've been using water cannons and they've been using battens and uh even i see i even saw a couple of videos of the london protests uh which happened and there was a few punches getting thrown from the met police mad and it's interesting because I'm pretty certain, and we, well, I'm certain, 100% certain because I saw it with my own eyes, uh. racist, racists that were, uh, let's see, inverted commas, protesting in Trafalgar Square and Leicester Square this summer, and the police didn't do jack shit to them. Remember yeah. that in the BLM protests when yeah, when yeah, when, yeah. when all those all those all those bigots and racists were out. But anyway, let's put that to one side. But. Uh, I was listening to a bit of a BBC Asia Network last night as well, and there was a guy on that who's part of the music scene, but he's been following this very closely, and he just said social media has been a blessing for this situation because it certainly has. Am- yeah, because Amnesty International were actually refused entry there, mm. uh, but obviously social media have been able to capture it, and uh, there's, a, there's an iconic image as well where this this um, you know copper in India has got a baton. And there's, there's this old guy, you know, he's got his turban, so Sikh man, and he's just kind of like, he's just kind of standing firm. You know, one of those iconic images, you know? So that's currently what is what is going on. Um, so I think, you know, I, I'm, I'm sure, like, obviously by the time this podcast is out, so tomorrow these farmers are going to meet with with, with these uh, with, the, with, the, with the government. But the problem with India, and, you know, I've, I've always heard it as well, it's almost like I've heard it with, with certain countries in Africa as well. There's there's such a degree of corruption, mm. you know, and you know that this deal was almost been so like I th- I think I think there was almost like a point that someone made that was like, oh, because obviously all this COVID stuff was going on, they thought that oh, shit, I mentioned the c word, but I'll only use it in this sense. But mm. they obviously the people were obviously getting trying to get this bill passed. The government obviously thought. That because of the situation going on, the pandemic, they take advantage people, of the situation at hand. Yeah, they could they, they could quickly they could quickly pass this bill and have all these corporations and it's it's privatizing something. You know that's mm. what they're trying to do, privatize it. As remember when they were talking, there was potential for the NHS to get privatized as well. Mm. <clears throat> and um, you know, as I said, half the country in, in India is the, the second most biggest populated country in the world. Half the country. Works that are employed uh, are employed in the agri in the, the agriculture industry. You know, mm-hmm. farming is a huge thing. And also another point to make: uh, I was listening to Harkirin uh, Verdi, uh, aka Kiki, is one of my good pals, and she has um, talked about. Uh, we've actually talked about it separately in our podcast, but I remember when I was talking about Pongra music on this podcast before, mm-hmm. and I was talking about how Pongra started from farmers. Mm-hmm. That's how the music began, and it's almost like, in a similar sense, when we were watching Small Axe, and 
the Caribbean music that was played as as a way to defy yeah, and, and, defy and the beat, law, defy the, you know all, all the bad shit that's going on around them, what they feel threatened yeah. by, you know, police racism and all that sort of stuff. So it's kind of their way of saying, like, you know what, like we ain't taking this shit. We're doing what we want, and you know we're law-abiding citizens. Yeah, don't treat us like shit. We're gonna do our thing. You know, we're not hurting nobody. Yeah, well, that's it, and. You know the, the 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 people that I've been protesting in India, and of of course in this country, it's all been peaceful and big up Canada. Uh, the Canadian Prime Minister, uh, he's been he's brought attention to this. I think Australia across it. But the crazy thing is, there's there's really not much news about it in this country. I think BBC maybe put an article out this week. So yeah, but that's just, that, that, just, that kind of feels like you know in general, like you know what we what we've seen in the past year is like. You know what, may, what we were talking about before, like mainstream media. Ma- mainstream media want to put out uh, their narrative on certain events going on in the world, but they miss they miss out a lot of points. They look, miss out a lot of, a lot of underlying stuff, which happens to then be on either like forums or so- social media for us to be aware of what's going on. So it's got it's it's disgusting, really, in a sense where it's like you know narratives are only portrayed on what they want to bring out on the mainstream media because. You know, they, they, it, certain issues they don't want to cover because then it becomes another thing where we have to really delve into it and acknowledge it. And it sounds like, you know, some of these corporations just don't acknowledge, you know, a lot of the main shit that's going on in the world. Yeah, fair enough. Like with BLM, there's a lot of stuff that, uh, you know, got to, brought to the forefront and only by rights because it couldn't be ignored because literally we were protesting every other day um you know they wanted to but they wanted to put this narrative of oh um you know certain you know certain guys and girls were making a cause in the scene when well that wasn't even the case but yet it's like we were the ones that were blamed for like black people were blamed for as far as setting up the protest but yet these you know these these bigots and these racist people that that set up their own protests a couple of months uh, like a month or two later and they didn't have shit done to them. So that just that's just a clear understanding of what corruption is going on in this country, bro. And not just that, but the entire world. And obviously now with the Sikh farmer situation, like my thought on when you said about uh, comparing it to WWE, because, you know, WWE is the big, uh, big uh, corporation as far as, uh, uh, you know, sports and entertainment and wrestling. But obviously you have all these indie promotions and you have AEW, which is his biggest competitor at the moment. And it's almost a thing like, you know, I, I read so many stories about being in competition with each other because, you know, when WCW and ECW was taken over by WWE and they've taken all the rights from them, you know, that's something that they will they, they will keep doing. Like, you know, they, they will go up against any competition that sees as a threat and then will, you know, either try and buy it off or or put the or sometimes they've even gone sneaky as to try and get um you know certain AEW talent that or free free agents to sign with the company just so that they don't go to their competitors do you know what i mean so in this in this case of like seek farmers now having to potentially you know go up to these corporations and negotiate a deal i just think it's disgusting considering how how much they work hard to get minimal wage to so we can get our crops and um you know, and, and, you know, and eat and stuff like that. So I think that's disgusting in, in that way. Yeah, no, absolutely is. And well, that's it. It's, 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 it's pretty much the same way of imagine you strip people of minimum wage, you know? Mm. Like imagine there was no baseline level in, 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 in farming. That, 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 I, 
I, I would say there's there's not there's not as much I don't have as much cultural knowledge about India and whatever, but I've always known that farming is a big aspect of of income and the the the, the, ag- the agriculture industry, you know, and um, you know, I've 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 even the, the trips I've made in the village and stuff, and I've been there in the fields, man, the fields full of crops. It's beautiful. It's beautiful, mm-hmm. but just that sight that you know that this man or this family that are running this this the, this crop farm they will pass it down to their children and it'll be there for the, their next generation as well mm. so it, stripping people of their of, of their the livelihood and exactly the, and, yeah and their the ownership because if, if, if you're if you're saying to someone we'll give you a baseline level uh you know you supply uh, the crops and you keep people fed you know by means of these crops or whatever and then you suddenly turn the tables and just flip flip the table on them and it's yeah, like it's like these corporations you know, flip, flip are saying you know they're trying to say we own you we it's like we want we want the ownership we you know you got you have no control of it and that's that's unfortunate well, like yeah. with all with a lot of corporations in general that's yeah. what they want they want ownership well, of everything yeah i mean it's like we can go into amazon another day or whatever but it's like what once um yeah, the, 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 I, I could I could see why the, the the farmers would fear this because once they're in the hands of, if if the bill I can't I, I don't know what what length you know what what we're looking at tomorrow in regards to this deal I, I don't know how it's going to play out mm-hmm. but um you know if if it, if it if it does go the way that it's suggested then it's like you know the it's it's, it's these farmers are in the hands of these corporations and it's just so sad because it's mm-hmm. just all money 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 it's like on one hand you've got people. Trying to uh, trying to survive and trying to create a living and trying to create a living for, for their next generations and trying to create a pathway, mm. you know, um, a support line and you you've obviously got, you know, other things at hand. So, mm. India's got big problems, but um, you know, really really proud of everyone that went out and protested and, uh, of course, you know, and it's not, <coughs> excuse me, uh, it's not obviously safe for for everyone to be doing so, but. That's one thing. I suppose you, it's easy for me to say. I mean, I'm not being out protesting, but I'm I'm not I'm not going to judge anyone out protesting in the same way I've been with the BLM stuff because mm. you got to go out there and you've got to fight for your rights. You, you, you've you've got uh, you really do, man. I think I think on the Asian perspective of being Indian now, I'm you know I'm seeing what what's what's going on, and you know I was I was again I didn't actively you know go to any protests for Black Lives Matter, uh, but. And I'm certainly supportive of it, and I bought some literature which I'm which I'm reading and trying to get my head around it. And I'm reading um, why I'm no longer speaking to white people about racism, and the backstory about how like immigrants that well let's say quote unquote immigrants that people that have served in wars from the from the West Indies and the Caribbean uh, countries and India, how from generations how they've been treated in this country. So that's given me a lot of backstory. But in terms of what's happening in India. And even in this country, um, yeah, madness. But yeah, just, just, just thought I, I, I would fill you in. It's a very basic understanding I have of it, but that's pretty much what I know. That's pretty much like the, uh, without sounding disrespectful, the dummies version of what's going on. So mm. hopefully, from tomorrow when these farmers meet uh, with the the government, there's some sort of resolution or some sort of headway. I think there's a lot of celebrities that are coming out, but probably not enough celebrities that should be coming out and speaking about this. So. Certainly, you know, when people are being afforded a position of power mm. or influence, they should they should be using it. But then again, I know that a lot a lot of it is 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 a, is a game of money, man. People, 
you know, it's, 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 it can be a beautiful thing, money, but if, if it's put in the wrong hands or people are using it for the wrong purposes, man, it's it's uh, it's no good. But I'm sure we'll, we will follow follow that up. Mm-hmm. But um, what else is on your mind? I've got something else to talk about as well, but I'll, I'll want to give you some. Well, I mean, because, well. you, you know, we were talking about like uh, the BLM uh, protest and, you know, the Black Lives Matter movement. Um Funny enough, like that, you know, the, there's a, a WWE superstar called uh, Jackson Riker, uh, who was part of a trio called the Forgotten Sons, and back in June, uh, I think I think it was June last, I think it was June last year, I believe, uh, it was under a lot of heavy criticism and a lot of backlash uh, because of a tweet that he sent out uh, in support of uh, Donald Trump. Uh, and it, oh no, no, it was it was earlier this year amidst the protests uh, and the killing of George Floyd, and uh, a lot of the uh, there was a lot of superstars that uh, criticised uh, and tweeted uh, Riker's response. So, um, so basically, the tweet re- tweet stated, and this is quote unquote from what he said: uh, "Pretty touchy subject, but all this Black Lives Matters garbage baffles baffles me." I challenge anyone of any color or race to go watch 12 Years a Slave, the movie, and realize how go- how good you all actually have it. Learn heritage. Christ, Gandhi, Buddha. They all taught love and cared for others. This is getting out of hand. I pray for this nation daily. So that got a lot of heavy criticism. And uh, he has not been on TV uh, since then, so the two remaining, um, the two remaining guys that were part of the group, uh, they are now on a kind of semi, like low end storyline at the moment with uh, Baron Corbin, King Cat Baron Corbin, but uh, there were recent reports of um, of Jackson to be if if there were to be the next set of uh, releases because earlier this year there have been a lot of uh the 40 percent of the wwe workforce were released uh either released or furloughed um a lot of them released and now you know there's some of them i've heard well i know that they've gone to different companies or gone free agents or whatever they want to do um and in his case he's now just returned to tv um it, you know like how you got uh you got smackdown and you got raw the top uh, shows then you got like kind of like the lower end show called main event so he's just featured on um a segment with elias so now there's it because what was talked about that he, he could be potentially if there's to be a next set of releases that is in talks of being released but now it looks like at the moment that he's been kept around in the wwe for now um you know they you know they have been like talks before you know controversies of people keeping superstars on for either allegations that they've been under um and this is just another thing so for him in this case being a pro trump supporter and um you know uh, criticizing blm and he's still kept on at the moment so it's kind of like a kind of a bit of a madness right now and um you know a lot of the reports are it's you know being controversial superstar do you know what I mean at the moment? So that's what's going on in that sense. So. That that is uh, that is quite sickening. Some of the the, the the words that that he was quoted he's saying. Yeah, and that was I think that this was actually I think I think he tweeted this. Was it last? It was last. Yeah, it was last year. It was last year he said it, and obviously, you know, it's caused a lot of backlash and 
and things like that. But there's always been like controversy within the WWE for like, you know, multiple amount of years. You know what I mean? Like, you know, the first controversy televised I remember was the uh, the Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels controversy. And obviously like Bret Hart, you know, going over to WCW and obviously that thing where, you know, Shawn Michaels put him in the shot shooter and, and then like no, but, but, all of, all of but, that but, stuff. But yeah, but, uh, but back. But obviously this is like a, this is a social political. But yeah, of course, you like, know. you know, in, in relation to this, it is disgusting. And obviously he's kept on at the moment. So yeah. Um, I mean, what are your thoughts about that? So he's been kept on. Is that the story? He's uh, he's kept on. It's first time on TV for a while. Um, ever since I think the the, the tweet has been put out. Um, so they're just there's no uh, there's no storyline as to go with this at the moment. They're just trying to see if him and Elias can work as a team and blah blah blah. But nothing set in stone is right storyline. But there have been talks prior to that of um, you know if there's next set of releases that he could be part of that release. But nothing set in stone at the moment, so no one knows yet. Yeah, I, 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 I think with social media, especially like you know, regardless of what profession you're in, you're going to get people stating their opinions on 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 their takes on things, political, social, you know, and anything that exists in society. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I mean, I, I suppose I can only. I, I mean, as I said, the words disgusted me. Yeah, uh, and 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 it, and, it, it, and just to add, it. just to add to that as well, that the the reason why he uh, put the tweet, this is from What Culture. Um, uh, part of the topic was uh, Riker and his fellow forgotten sons were removed from television when Jackson, made, uh, Jacks, yeah, Jackson made the boneheaded decision to use heightened racial tensions in the United States to further his pro wrestling career in May during huge backlash flack. So basically, it was to draw heat. And obviously, um, you know, and obviously that's the wrong type of heat because obviously now that's, you know, because obviously that caused a lot of tension and, uh, you know, and he was trying to do it to build further of his character. But obviously that's now a madness. So, yeah, but nothing's set for him at the moment, like I said, in terms of, um, you know, building up more, you know, TV time at the moment. But, yeah, he came back for one show and I don't know, let's see what goes on in the coming weeks. Well, uh, that's that, that's the thing because obviously everyone's got their opinions, and we are entitled to our opinions. I suppose it just depends with whatever organisation that you work for, whoever your employer is. Do they do they endorse the same opinions, mm. and are you following the company line? Because if you're putting something out there that doesn't follow the company line or the company message, there would either would be some sort of disciplinary measures, or you'd be fired. Mm-mm. So that's. That's all I can. That's all I can take from, from, from that. To be honest, it's, yeah. Um, I, I mean, I wanted to speak a bit uh, on the. It does. It does feel like we're, we we are pretty much back where we were uh, in summer a little bit, and uh, not not to the same extent. But obviously, we're in the midst of mass BLM protests, and you know, there's a big company. There's a a big country divide and, you know, COVID, uh, I've used that word again, but <laughs> that, that's why I feel like we're back in those times. But, uh, you know, we um, the C thing had taken a, a backseat, but football fans were, which, which, which was one of my uh, desires to see, I think on last week's episode, where I said, yeah, I want to see football fans back in stadiums because it's the heart and the soul of the, of the game. Well, the beautiful game, I, I called it, but it's, it's certainly shown its ugly side uh, in, in the past few years. But, yeah. Uh, for anyone who doesn't know, you probably all do know, but 
Uh, and even for our, because I have to remember as well, we do we we don't just have a a UK audience. Actually, I was looking at our stats. We have our American cousins that listen in other countries as well. So big up yourselves. But we had a soccer game, but uh, we call it football here, and it was a kind of lower league game. But it was still like Millwall are regarded as a, a club that are I have a history uh, of, yeah. of 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 being involved and. Certainly a bit of a rough club and maybe not the most culturally inclusive um, club in terms of the fan base yeah. as well. But uh, they were playing at the weekend. I can't remember how they were playing. Maybe it was Derby or I think. I'm not sure. But anyway, the <clears throat> uh, excuse me, the, the before obviously the, the, the game, uh, all the players, the 22 players will take, um, take to the knee in the centre circle. Mm. And the fans, obviously, this is the first time the fans were back in the stadium. Uh, it's probably since March, February, March time. And they were booing. There's about 2,000 of them booing. It was an early kickoff on a Saturday. So, obviously, you know, it trickled through onto social media. I don't know if it was on TV as well. But there's, there's, there's again, that's, that's drawn the divide because football, I love football. Football is my favourite sport. It's for me, it's. It's, it's it's beyond it's, sometimes it's beyond a sport, but I have to kind of bring myself back down to earth. But it's something I've, I've followed for the majority of my life. However, I recognise the the problems within it because people that say that what goes on in a, a football field or in the stands isn't connected it, it, for me is talking rubbish because it's a it's a it's just an example of what's going on in society yeah. and. I'm not just blaming it on the fact of working class people, mm. but I'm going to say that I, I I do believe that within football, as we've seen over the years, the the, the problem with race has been is has been there for, for for many years from the from the sixties and seventies. Well, I mean the sixties. I don't know how many players of color were playing in the UK, but the seventies, eighties, and nineties. I remember. Some Rangers players that were uh, one or two that were black, and he had, there was um, bananas thrown on the on the on the pitch, and obviously you know this year especially in the, the last two or three years it's been rife across Europe and the UK as well. Mm-hmm. So for anyone to say that there's no there's no issue within football about racism, but people, it's funny because the people that are opposing it are the ones that are saying that there's no place for politics in football. But my point is politics is part of society whether you like it or not there is no i used to say i'm not political but you cannot there is there's for me there's no way to separate two things Mm -hmm. you live in a multicultural society you live in a society that is in quote-unquote inclusive Mm -hmm. how can you how can you separate um issues that affect people of of color for example or people of you know different sexuality or uh, how the uh how they would describe themselves or associate themselves with us, whatever it may be, whatever their identity is. Like, why don't you think that a gay footballer has come out in the Premier League? Mm. Why don't you think that uh, there's been an Asian footballer? People will be like, oh, they're not good enough, they're not good enough. But it's like, whoever whoever's going to be the, the first high prolific, for example, gay footballer, they will take an almighty amount of abuse and and they, and they'll take it, but they'll they'll have to take it on their back and on their shoulders, and they'll have to take it for the generations, and they'll be seen as a figure, hopefully, and a figure of power, and a figure of someone that can be looked at and think that 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 you know, like you know, someone that represented us and someone that gave us a pathway. But my point is, yes, people that say that oh, there's no place for politics in football, when there's 
there's racists in the stand and there's stuff that's been said on the pitch. Anton Ferdinand just have a, had a doc out on BBC Three uh, last week about his uh, his experience of racism in football. I think it was with John Terry, mm. of course, England captain at the time. For me, it's like. It's like racism will always exist, especially in football. I don't think you can eradicate that. I think even the generations that are coming through now, no matter what, if if you've got a a parent or a household that is using that type of language, that might refer to someone as a, yeah, who is a person of color as a as a black bee or a brown bee or whatever it may be. Yeah. But I think we, eradicate. we I think we've got to still like remember though that yeah, I mean you know if we go back to the BNM protest for a second, like you know when we were watching like small acts and obviously the first set of protests were happening, you know, in, in, in the sixties. And obviously that's still going on now. Like, uh, you know, even when Mark Duggan, uh, was shot, uh, by police, uh, I think it was 2008 and even protests were happening then. It's just obviously now things are more significant because of the power of social media and obviously things are talked about, but obviously I know, you know, even when speaking to artists and, you know, I said to them, there's a long fight going forward and education is key and, and blah, blah, blah. And, um, you know, obviously, yeah, you, you know, you met, you mentioned about a lot of racism that happens in football. And um, I think it, it's, it's sad to hear that there's a lot of ignorance. Um, but yeah, just to come on your point about, uh, you know, Millwall, like I've just read on, uh, literally it was just posted up an hour ago, that they, you know, Millwall players will still plan to take a knee before uh, their clash against uh, Queens Park Rangers, uh, despite their bu- their boos on at the derby game. So, so it's yeah, kind of no, no, it's no, kind of no. like going back to the start, really, in terms of like you know, obviously you know, seeing NFL players that are taking a knee, and when they used to do that before, um, you know, they would get uh, you know, dis- they would get released from the, the the team because of they taking the stand, and obviously now it's been accepted, you know, so. Obviously, you know, it's still a thing that, you know, it's almost like we're coming back to the summer again, but, you know, we're having to refresh, like, come on, people in people's minds, come on, like, just, can you accept the fact that we need to stop all this madness of racism, like, you know what I mean? Even if we've got to take more action to to get people to understand that, then so be it. Well, t- t- the for tonight's game, they're, they're not actually taking the knee. Um, they're actually, what they're going to do is both teams, uh, Millwall and QPR, they're going to link arms. Oh, so right, they're okay. going to link arms in solidarity. Some of the QPR players will still probably take the knee separately as well, but they're going to show a, um, a sense of solidarity by linking arms. For, for me, I, I, like, I like the message, but I think we are so <laughs> so far away from coming to any sort of resolution because mm. uh, we're, 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 we're just miles behind on this. Because you have, you have people, like there was... Um, presenter yesterday on Talk Sport, and uh, he's the former Crystal Palace chairman called Simon Jordan, mm. bit of a controversial character, and he was saying that it was uh, unfair uh, to label Millwall fans for racist for booing, and he said you you know people can't automatically jump to the assumption. Now for me, as soon as I heard it was Millwall, I don't care. I straight away thought, well, it's a given. And sometimes as I, I was I was on Twitter and I was having a discussion with some Glasgow Rangers fans. Mm. And I follow a guy and he on Twitter, and he's a big Rangers fan. He's you know a bit of an influencer within, uh, uh, you know, talking about Rangers stuff or whatever it may be. And he said, "Don't do this in Ibrox, which Ibrox is our stadium." And I posted below. I says, mm. "I can guarantee this probably would happen at Ibrox because I know there's people 
there is, there is there is people that don't agree with this. So mm. I can't help but think people. So people are like, "Oh, there's there's no no place for politics and football, whatever it may be." And they also say that uh, those are the same people that say all lives matter. But to be honest, those are the people that o- they only say all lives matter because they have to challenge BLM. But they only want to challenge BLM because they're like, no, everyone's inclusive, everyone's fine, everyone's fine. But it's funny because when you are looking for a bit of a awareness or you try to raise awareness or you're you're trying to send a message, pe- these people don't want to hear it. And that's what I'm... What I'm reading with this book, uh, why I'm no longer speaking to white people about racism. Of course, the book isn't saying that every white person is racist. It's not saying that. The book is very intelligently written, and it's it's it's. I would suggest anyone read it, Joel, especially yourself, because mm. it encapsulates everything that's happened this year. It's mm. it's, it's 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 really harrowing. Some some things to read. It's it is really it's quite dark in, in, in moments, but it, it really wakes your your eyes up to this country. And I'm not saying we're living necessarily in a bad country, but it, it, it just, I don't know, it makes you feel a, a lot, in one way it makes you feel a bit more grounded in this country because you're like, you know, everything that we've done for quote-unquote Great Britain, but then on the other hand you're thinking there's still people that will see us as, especially maybe me because I'm maybe darker shade or whatever on occasion, that wouldn't, wouldn't accept me fully to be, let's say quote-unquote British or Scottish or whatever it may be, whereas the services over the years that we... We we fought, we fought in the wars, man. Like our people fought in the wars. You know, there was one million Indian soldiers mm. that fought in World War One alone, and um, obviously none of that was taught in school and, and things like that as well. Mm. Uh, so I, I I could go on with it, but uh, I think just to just to sum it up on that, I think with football, there's the what well, there's years to go with that man. There's years to go. Yeah, I think that with, with, with football you're going to get booing. You're, you're fortunately Tottenham is okay. Um, I think West Ham is okay because they had its uh, fans in their stadium, but there's there's going to be unfortunate scenes like this, you know. Um, the, 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 there's going to be people, be people that believe that uh, BLM is just some extremist political uh, movement that 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 is is has no has no real message about what what they what they proclaim to do at the start of it. But that's because some people have hijacked it and whatever it and whatever it may be. I need to look into a bit more of that as well. But also, I wanted to raise something as well. Um, and this has been set up by South Asian audio creatives, and we could we could dedicate a bit, a bit of time to this, but it, we might run out. But essentially, it was um, so. This group has basically been set up as goes by the title, South Asian Audio Creatives. It's to represent Asians that are South South Asians that are working in in podcast medium and radio medium, any form of audio medium, you know. Mm. <clears throat> and obviously, myself, I'm, I'm I'm well in that industry, and. There was some alarming stats that came out yesterday, and it was circulating on social media as you saw. And the, the stats were simply like, out of like twenty four, twenty five, like huge radio stations in the UK, there's about three permanent presenters across three of those radio stations. So, yeah, so I, I believe there is a panel uh, that's on uh, tonight, and there's some kind of key figure heads, some big presenters, and people that are. That are uh, that are with working within the radio industry um, that are of South Asian descent. They're going to be talking about it, mm. and I suppose it, it you know it got me thinking because obviously I've came to London to be a presenter, and I suppose for myself, you know, obviously I recognise my Asian heritage and I'm proud of it, and I'm also proud of my Scottish heritage. But it just got me 
thinking for a second about Saturday Night TV, about reality TV, about who I'm exposed to. And I think there has been uh, a good fight and, and, and a worthwhile fight, of course, for, you know, black people to be more seen and more visible on TV. And I think mm. that's coming through. I think with, with Asian people, there have been here and there. But I think in terms of like entertainment... Yeah. I wouldn't say so much. I would say like news programs were heavy on it. We've got people. We've got comedians. Yes, yes, comedians. You could say, but like anyone hosting like a big Saturday night TV show. But again, people will be like, "Oh, it's all about talent, whatever it may be, whatever it may be." But I've also got to raise the thing about big bosses and these corporations. Like, are they looking at Asian people and thinking? I'm not saying they're not, but I'm asking the question. Are they looking at Asian people as credible, as funny, as entertaining? Because obviously, as you know, to be entertaining entertaining or funny or marketable has nothing to do with what you look like. Mm. And I'm going to say something uh, that might sound like a bit of a dick thing, but Chunks, for example, mm. Chunks, Chunks has got full of personality, but he doesn't look like the poster boy for an entertainment face on the TV, no, I get but he's mean. a funny guy. No, I get he's a, I use it. I don't want to throw him under the bus. He's a hugely successful guy, and you know he's him and Philly are going to take over the UK, like you know, like new Ant and Deck or whatever it may be. I'm, I'm, yeah, that's what people are saying. But I, I, for me, I like, I, I like all that. But I mean, obviously, I'm trying to like bust my way through these doors. But I would just like to see more people that look like me or more people that are representative of my cultures to be mm. on these platforms. And I think Asians have done some of them have done really well on YouTube and. You got makeup artists, which I'm not really involved. I'm not really all about that any, but mm. you know, some people have, 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 have done the YouTube route and of like Hamza Badman he's done well. There's a couple of Bengali YouTubers who've done massive as well. But mm. I just thought because they were influencers and they hold such an audience that that would translate onto TV. But do you know what's I just don't see it. Do you know what's funny? Like um, I, because we, you know, Neha, who's a good friend of ours. Um, you know, we interviewed uh, Jay Sean just under a month ago and uh, we followed up from the conversation where we said about um, that you are the you are the only artist that has truly broken through as an Asian to market worldwide as like as this, uh, you know, you know, you're the biggest representative in the South Asian community. Um, but we stated that there's no other guys, there's no other guys or girls talent wise that has gotten to the level that you've reached and has, you know, bought that representation. And why, why is that? We still haven't found, we still haven't got there. And, you know, um, he gave it, it, Jay gave his views on it. Um, so if you want to see all that, it's on the, um, it's on media. What, what did he say? Um, I can't remember off the top of my head because I'd have to go back to it. But um, he said it's not for lack of talent um, because there's a lot of talent out there. Um, you know, big big talent out there. I think it's... I can't remember if it was... I can't remember the full thing. Like, you know, if you guys want to um, like check the interview fully, it's on uh, Media Spotlight UK. He says uh, his views about it as well. Because um, we even like uh, spoke about it five years ago when we first met Jay. And, it, and he was still in that same position, um, you know, of being the only Asian as far as like, you know, musical talent that has really broken through worldwide. So, um, but he, he put his positive spin on it. But it's just, it's, 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 I, I still don't see that next breakthrough star that, in in a sense where you know it's on Jay's level where 
it crosses through worldwide. I mean, he had that opportunity, you know, going with Young Money and, uh, you know, Young Money Cash Money Records, broken through there. And obviously, you know, he's doing a podcast now and he's still doing music and um, lives out in America and he's living all right for himself. So um, it's just mad how, you know, even when Neha showed me the um, South Asian Audio Creatives post about it, this was like a, about a week or so ago, and how little representation on, you know, radio stations and things like that. And, I mean, I've got to big up Neha as well because, um, you know, she's just uh, got herself recently uh, a slot on BBC Asian Network, uh, which will start in March. So I've got to congratulate her on uh, pushing through for that. So, um, yeah, no, I'm proud of her for it. But, you know, just as a, as a scope uh, for Asian representation as a whole like, within the entertainment industry, um seeing all the figures it's just astounding how there's not enough of you know i mean on big nationwide radio stations it's mad to me yeah well like i I think what you said about jay sean and his comments was was all you needed to say he was like obviously there is talent out there and i i i just don't know where all these pilots are ending up or like all these showreels because people are obviously sending these things through i mean maybe Maybe not as many as I think. Maybe, maybe, maybe people need a bit more kind of guidance. But I mean, Asians are very tech savvy, just like any other people, like white people, black people, Chinese people, whoever it may be. So, you know, getting you know showreels or pilots or whatever it may be. Maybe, you know, maybe I think with this South Asian audio creatives, hopefully there'll be more master classes and you know people can work out. I I I think with Jay. I think one thing I I, I noticed with with Jay straight away, he's a very sharp guy. Mm. Like his banter is very witty. He's very on the ball. He's a bit of a prankster. Obviously, a handsome guy. Um, I think when he signed his deal with Virgin, when he was doing the the whole Rishi Rich thing, I think that was a moment. That was that was a moment. You know, you had like you know you had the Punjabi MC moment. You had Timbaland using the Asian beats as well. Asians were in, but I think then there's been such a such a big gap, and I, 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 it really, it really, I feel like a sense of pride when I see like an Asian guy on screen, like Himesh Patel, Dev Patel, Riz Ahmed, like Mindy Kaling. Um, I see like someone, oh, you know, they look like me, and they're doing it. Or if it's even if it's like a comedian, like I, I, I'll laugh at it. Like mm. the only comedians I really like are uh, usually if I can really like relate to them, like being of Asian descent or they're Glaswegian, for example. But mm. I don't know, man. I'd sometimes I have this theory that we've just kind of been packed to the sidelines and we do well in news programs because, you know, we're regarded as, like, articulate and we sound all like... Because down here, like, since I moved here, I've, I've never saw so many Asian news readers, like... And it's great because, like, they do they do such a good job. They're mm. very articulate. They're very well-spoken. Mm. They tone, you know, they, they, when they ever do interviews, they're, they're brilliant. But, like, even for me, I think, like, obviously I know I always can push myself further, but I think to myself... Man, it's like okay, like I suppose what it does it highlights the opportunity for me that there is a big, big gap, mm, and I never much. want to just be regarded, uh, yeah, as like a tick box exercise. But again, I don't put on Saturday night TV or I don't put on the radio. I'm not putting on the ra- like the radio because obviously radio stuff I listen to is more sort of podcast based or if it's hip hop music. So I wouldn't necessarily ever think, oh, that person's got to be of a certain color, but. Even if I see a social media post about a presenter, I wouldn't mind seeing someone who who looks like me, but it's popping on a station that I wouldn't necessarily associate them with. Yeah. Like, because I was just one point. Just like yeah. obviously, Asian Network is a fantastic station. I'm not just mm. saying that because I 
do a lot of work there, but because what I learned there, uh, what what the the skills that will last me for life in terms of how they operate as a station, in terms of how they they can operate and and, and deliver to such a wide spanning audience, and obviously the talent on that station, but. Mm. Just all, all, all like just always, always thinking to myself like because at one point there were some Asian pre- network presenters that were doing covers on Radio One and One Extra and mm. that's all kind of quieting down, especially on Radio One side. So it just even like we, I'm a celebrity. I think like, there's been like you know some like Asian people that have been on it in the past or whatever. But and when I was thinking to reality TV, I was thinking right maybe Asians don't want to go on reality TV because you know you're exposed. You're on you yeah. Know, look at Love Island family. when we were watching that last year. Yeah, your your family might not like like what's going on in that show. There's 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 all those kind of factors into it, but uh, it is if if anyone is looking uh, because I can only like kind of speculate. I'm, I don't really have a concrete answer at the moment. I just know there's a gap. There's opportunities. Follow South Asian audio creatives on all the media plat or social media platforms as well. There's good people. I know the people running uh, the, these platforms, and they're all very well versed in the industry, and they're. They're, they're all they're all in great positions and I think they want to give uh, people an opportunity or give people a lane or give people an idea of like you can actually you can actually break into it and as well as that the Radio Academy are hosting well by the time this podcast has gone out tonight it would have been over but you can watch it back I think on their website or maybe their Facebook or any so Radio Academy basically it's like the, the main organisation for radio in this country they are uh, hosting a panel talk um, with BBC's uh, Tina Healy. And and Sunny, uh, who runs Westside FM, and is two or three mm. other people. I think Mira, uh, Mira Patel, who used to produce at the BBC, but now produces at Kiss, and there's a couple other big faces in there as well. So do watch that back, uh, and I suppose we'll keep the discussion uh, going. I, obviously, I have spoke quite a bit today. I did have a lot to say, but I felt it was necessary, and I just felt like. You know, let's put it out tonight because the conversation is escalating quite quickly. Oh, no, definitely. I, I just wanted to touch on one more thing before we wrap up because um, it made me think of uh, what we were just talking about as far as representation. I know, like, I've known you for a couple of years now and obviously, like, you know, you've you've always told me that your push is to, you know, be a presenter on a, on a mainstream radio station and, and you know, even just to get your face out there in general, because we've been doing that for years. And, you know, I mean, I'm glad that there's a lot of content out for you to really push out there. Like, I mean, in your case now, where do you see yourself as far as like the long term goal, like where you want to sit at as like I've made it at this stage? Well, that's a really good question. I mean, for me, it's like I am a mainstream guy. Like when I watch these TV shows and and I hear the, these radio shows, I know I can do that. Mm. Like, obviously, yeah, with the guidance and learn how to do things like, you know, um, auto-cue or whatever it may be and, you know, getting myself in a radio environment. And I know I could do that and I'm not, for one moment, putting the BBC Asian Network to one side because it's a fantastic station. Uh, there is a wealth of talent on that station. I am just surprised that more people from that station have been get, haven't spread their, their, their wings across to other uh, elements of the BBC uh, because some people say, oh, you know, they should be happy with that, but blah blah blah. But I'm like, but it's not. But it, but we would never say that for a white person or a black person. We'd mm. never say, oh, um, you know, uh, because maybe at one point people were saying, oh, be, be, you know, black people got BBC One Extra, and then it's like, but 
but black, black, black people as well as Asian people do everything. Like, yeah, black so people, why, like, why black can't people... we dominate? Like, you know, in BBC Radio One as like one of the biggest. Yeah, do you it, know what I mean? Ex- exa- exactly. Like, you've got Clara Amfo who who, who does the, uh, the the morning show on on Radio One. Um, I can't really think of two. I think Vic Hope does the chart show uh, on on Radio One. But it, obviously, in terms of one extra, they've realigned their their, their uh, presenters. But I think that's really important for the cultural element of that station. So they've got uh, an all black lineup on their station, as far as as I know. But yeah, j- j- look, just for me, I want to just do a mainstream platform on TV without just being thinking he got there because of X, Y, and Z. B- basically, because I like because if, if I think about uh, these things that I'm into. I like Joe Rogan, I like uh, trap music, I like hip-hop, uh, I like a bit of Deep House, I like The Sopranos, Power, Peaky Blinders, whatever it may be. Mm. So my Asian culture is, is, is hugely important to me and that's why we began this podcast for both of our personal journeys. Mm. And a big blessing of that has been working at the BBC Asian Network behind the scenes. So that's that, 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 that's been a huge blessing for me. So mm. I, I'm, not, I'm not overlooking that uh, at any point, but I've just always felt... That my personality, I'd be absolutely but uh, perfect for the mainstream. You know, I'd be able to. You, you, I mean, you saw the people I've interviewed, like uh, from from like from like like hardcore kind of you know UK uh, rap artists to like entertainment based people, and whatever it may be, I've been able to hold my own, and uh, you know, so I always think that. Yeah, you're able to blend yes. like with you know any type any type of people really. I mean, even like you know, even Asian network events. Yeah, even even Vin Diesel. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, Diesel. that's it. You know, exactly. I, I, I just look. I just first and foremost, all I can say from my heart is, you know, whether it's me or it's someone else, I just want to see, I want to see some Asian faces or hear yeah. some Asian people on the radio, and that's pretty much it. Full stop. Because mm. if this country's talking about you know, we're given more, uh, you know, we're all about inclusiveness or whatever it may be. I I, I, I think there's still a long way to go for people of colour in, in this country. And mm-hmm. what I do like about it is is is, is black people have got their, their their creative formats and their creative platforms, and especially within the podcast circuit, you know, yeah. there's some hugely successful black podcasts that have been plastered all across the Oxford Circus Tube Station, like Three, um, three Shots of Tequila, uh, Receipts Podcast half cast of course the list goes on and Asians are, are, are definitely doing their, their thing as well but you know I, I'm, I'm sure I'm sure this this panel tonight is going to open up more more discussions and again as I said South Asian audio creatives uh, join it uh, even if you're not uh, Asian get on it and, and see where you can fit in or maybe you have some suggestions or maybe you have some suggestions for us or whatever it may be I think we can we can all we can all help but I think at the end of the day like we all want to be Represented, I think the arts is, is a huge industry and it is suffering right now. And I think it's it's an industry that we either we all find a sense of um, releasing, whether it means we're working in nine to five and then we we go to the theatre or the cinema, or we go to see a gig or whatever it may be. I think with that being said, we still want to see people that look like us, whether it be on. You know, even when we do the red carpets, like I, I, and I, and and I have said this to you before, and I don't necessarily mind it, but I usually look about, and I'm re- mostly sometimes the only Asian person there. That do you know what? That is mad. Do you know what? That yeah. Oh my gosh! Wow, you just made me think because, nine yeah, nine times out of ten, if I've covered a red carpet, whether it's with you or Neha in this instance, 
I don't think I've seen any other Asian representative on that red car- on red carpets or events. Most of the time, it's either like you know white or black people that I see as far as like the presenter side of things. But you know, is if we're talking you and me specifically, yeah, I think all the cut. I mean, even the. F- <laughs> Even the first red carpet we done together when I first met you, you were the only Asian present. Mm. You were the only Asian there. Full stop. I, I, I would have, I would have thought. Yeah. I don't think there was anyone and, else of your representation. <laughs> it's mad. And, and and you know, and 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 if, and if I'm being a little bit selfish, mm. I like that aspect of it because yeah, well, well, there's there's one if I'm the only Asian in the building, good. But also, there's no, there's not going to be another Scottish Asian there as well. True. So I suppose. I want to help, of course, the next generation coming through as well. But for me, when, whatever happens to this discussion, this could be an opportunity for my people as well as myself to be like, to take it to the to, to the big people on the TV. Because I'm not going to say that I haven't noticed that, and this is this is more than deserved, but there is there is lots of people of colour on, on TV now, uh, certainly from uh, black communities now. Like, mm. uh, And some, some people may say there's not enough. I need to look at the stats. There probably isn't enough, but, you know, like, um, you know, a lot of these panel shows, actually a lot of these panel shows, you know, they'll have, panel shows do, do quite well, I think, but I think I do see, you know, maybe, I, maybe, again, I was thinking, do I see enough Asian people on these panel shows? But I think, who is there? Mm. So I think I think whoever's listening to this, I'm thinking, man, like there's there's, bl- there's bloody opportunities for us. I think that program Skins when it first came out on E4, and the the casting for that was spot on. And he had Dev Patel who went on. He was probably he's probably been the biggest star from that show. Mm. Um, for my Asian people listening, man, there's huge there's huge opportunities that we could create from this. So mm. let's kind of get together and maybe take a, a leaf out of like black people's books uh, in terms of. How 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 they've been able to kind of galvanise support and you know begin the discussion and also part of it I think is the aspect of I think like we've always said black culture is cool I think that it's maybe like a stigma that the Asian culture is not seen it's not it's not seen in like in it, like you know like you get like you know like sometimes you think of like these 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 kind of people that would love to have a mixed race kid but they don't want to support the culture. They, right. they, 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 they just want what's ex- the, the acceptable form like a like sometimes you see like uh, on Love Island for example like there's a mixed race guy that goes on there and the white girl's all over him mm. it's almost mm. like mm. Some, some, sometimes sometimes I feel like not 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 for me personally because I think like I'm comfortable enough with him myself but sometimes when I do see like an Asian guy on Love Island I'm thinking oh, he's not going to get picked or whatever so I think definitely when the Jay Sean thing was popping off and Timberland was using the beats in Punjabi MC and goodness gracious me was about Asians were desirable and I'm not saying we have to go out and like you know start like being oh look at me do you want to shag me or whatever and make me a big superstar but <laughs> we just got we, we you know we've, we've got to we've got to do what we, we we can but it's maybe also just that we're not we're not seen in the in the cool category right now but yeah you know, i think i think like it. you said you know if there's ways of like you know pushing you know asian asian representation to the levels of you know what this you know like you said the stigma of what you know with black culture is considered cool so why we're we not up to that level as a, 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 as to say yet but um we just i've just got we, to say one thing yeah. sorry uh, i mean it goes without saying black culture from day dot has been the coolest like in terms of the arts, like even when you look at blues music, 
Mm. Um, and 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 then you know you look at you look at through the 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 seventies and the eighties, and obviously when Michael Jackson he took he he was he was he, he's he's the world's biggest ever pop artist, and he took over MTV and whatever it may be. So Asian people will never sit on that for me that level. We're funny in a different way. We're we're creative in other ways. You know, we're not we're not like I I I I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. I think that. And this is maybe people saying, "Oh, you're being stereotypical about black people." But what I've um, was uh, was saying was, when I've saw black people on stage at like rappers, mm. I'm like, "Oh, look at him! He's crip walking. Oh, look at him! He's smoking a joint on stage." That's what I was impressionable yeah, yeah, when yeah, I was yeah, yeah, when yeah. I was a lot younger. But also, there is an appeal and a sense of confidence that I think black people full stop have. Yeah. And again, maybe 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 I'm maybe I'm not reading between the lines too much, but. I don't know. That's just to be asked. So I think I think Asian people have to find their own lane, and I think we yeah. we do have it. So I think you know, it's, it's just, just a, a case of it. pushing it further and then making it into something that you know is as up there as what you know the, every other race works to as far as that. But I mean, let's uh, let, let let's see where it could be pushed to, man. Because I want it to be every every race is on an equal level as far as like success and you know building and momentum and things like that. So yeah, man. I'm all for it. 